0: (laughs) Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Nahmudhu wa nusalli ala Rasululhi wa kareem. Amma baat fa'a'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Rabbish rahli sodri wa yasirli amri wa'hlul uqtatam illisani yapkahu kauli. Rabbana zadna ilma. Inshallah we'll begin from Bab number 17, Kitabul Adhan. Bab man kala those who say liu'adhin he should give Adhan. Fis in during a journey, muadzin is waḥid, one, meaning those who say that there should be one Mu'addin appointed while traveling, just as while at residence there is a Mu'addin that is appointed. Like for example, at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, who was appointed to give the adhan, bilal رضي anhu. That did not mean that others could not give the adhan, but that it was his duty. Because the thing is that when certain jobs are not assigned, then everybody thinks that somebody will do it and then nobody ends up doing it. I remember when I was very little, I read once that this is a story of four people named everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody. And there was an important job to be done and everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. Somebody got angry with that because it was everybody's job. And everybody thought anybody could do it, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. So it ended that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. So the thing is that then also anybody can go and do it, right? Any man can get up and do it. But the thing is that when the job is not assigned, then such things they get delayed. So this is the reason why at the time of the Prophet it was the duty of, we see Bilal al Anhu to give the Fajr Adhan really early And the duty of Abdullah ibn Umm Maktum to give the Adhan, the second one So we see that Muadlin was appointed So some said that because of this reason Even when a group of people are traveling together Then also a Mu'adzin should be appointed And remember that this is better but it is not mandatory Okay, It is better but it is not mandatory حدثنا معلب أسعد قال حدثنا وهيب عن أيوب عن أبي قلابة عن Malik بن الحويرث أتيت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في نفر Malik بن الحويرث he said I came to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم in nafar in a group of men من قومي from my people so from his people what happened a group came to visit the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and when they came to Medina فقمنا so we remained عنده near him meeting with him for how long? Ishrīna layla. So they came to visit him, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and they stayed in Medina for twenty nights. Wa kana rahīman And the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was very merciful and kind. Why is he saying that? Because this is what he observed of him in those twenty nights that he was a very the Prophet sallallahu alaihi was very kind and merciful towards people. And especially he sent this mercy of the Prophet ﷺ when, فَلَمَّا رَأَى شَوْقَنَا Then when he saw our shawq, what is shawq? Willingness, desire, إِلَىٰ أَهَالِينَا To our families. In other words, when he saw that we were missing our families, qala He said, إِرْدِعُ Go home now. Go back now. You've remained for 20 days. Alhamdulillah. You've learned the essential knowledge. So what is necessary now? That you go back home. Fakunu And then stay in them. Meaning live amongst them. وَعَلِّمُوهُمْ And teach them. Wasallu And also pray. Meaning establish the prayer. Perform together in congregation like you perform salah together in Medina. فَإِذَا الصَّلَاةِ And when the time of prayer enters, فَلْيُؤَذِّلْ لَكُمْ Then he should give the adhan for you. Who should give the adhan? أَحَدُكُمْ Any one of you. And he should lead you. He should be the Imam who akbarukum, The eldest of you. So in this hadith, what do we see? That when people embraced Islam, then what happened? Sometimes they would come to Medina and stay with the Prophet wasallam for some time. Why? Because obviously becoming a Muslim meant that they had to learn certain things, whether it was the Qur'an or the manner of prayer or the basic rulings. So when the people came, Accepting Islam, they also stayed in Medina. Some stayed for a few days, some stayed for several months, and some stayed for a long time. Like, for example, Abu Hurairah, he also came to Medina and he stayed until after the Prophet passed away. He never went back home, basically, he went elsewhere. So, in the Quran, also in Surah Tawbah, we learn طائفة, that from every community, a group of Muslims should go in order to do what? الدين, in order to learn the Religion. And then what should they do? ida rajaru ilayhim. Then when they go home, they should warn their people. So this is what happened at this time also. The people came, they stayed for 20 nights, and then the Prophet ﷺ told them, go home and teach your families. But he said, when you go home, don't forget what you've learned here. Because it happens with many people. They go out to learn. They learn everything. They go home, and they go back to how things were before. But the thing is that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given knowledge to someone, then what is their responsibility? عَلِّمُوهُمْ Then pass on that knowledge. You must tell others about it. Because if you don't tell others, then what will happen? You will get influenced. Then you will forget. Knowledge is something that has to be revised. And when you share it with others, then you only strengthen your knowledge. You only improve in your knowledge. And when you don't share it with others, then it will diminish. It will disappear you will forget it. And this is a fact, a reality. So the Prophet ﷺ told these men, when you go home, teach your families. Stay amongst them and teach your families. And also worship, meaning perform the salah, establish the prayer. Because these were men especially. Right? So congregational prayers. And what did he say? That when the time of prayer enters, then one of you should give the adhan. Notice the mu'addin has not been appointed here. So we see that when at home or in a journey, it's better to have a mu'adhin. However, it's not an obligation. وَلْيَأُمَّكُمْ أَكْبَرُكُمْ And he also instructed that the eldest of you should lead the people in prayer. The eldest in what sense? In age. Akbar over here means what? Akbar means the eldest meaning in age. But don't we learn that it is not the age, but rather the level of knowledge, especially of the Quran? So why did the Prophet ﷺ tell them this? Because all of these 20 men Had the same level of knowledge They embraced Islam at the same time They came and stayed with the Prophet For the same amount of time So they were all around the same level Of their ilm So when people are of the same level When it comes to their knowledge Then who should be appointed as the imam The one who is the eldest of them Why? What's the hikmah in this? It's easier for people to accept because you see, a leader in any capacity cannot be a leader until and unless people accept him as a leader. You understand? People must accept him as a leader. If they cannot accept him, they cannot respect him, they cannot follow him then. Remember when the Prophet ﷺ sent Abu Bakr رضي Anhu for Hajj as the Amir of Hajj. But then when Surah Bara'ah was revealed and the announcements had to be made, who did he send? Ali رضي الله عنه. To make those announcements, why? Because people would not accept those announcements from Abu Bakr. They would accept them from Ali radluhu anhu. Why? Because he was of the Quraysh, and also because he was nephew, son-in-law of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So you understand. So we see that in this matter, also in the matter of Salah, who should be the Imam? Someone whom people will accept, because otherwise people have grudges in their heart. And it's necessary that the hearts are kept clean. باب الْأَذَانِ لِلْمُسَافِرِ إِذَا كَانُوا Al الْأَذَانِ Pronouncing the أَذَان for who? musafir Meaning when people are traveling, should they give the أَذَان? إِذَا كَانُوا جماعة Especially when they are a group of people. وَالْإِقَامَةِ And what about the إِقَامَة? So when a group of people are traveling, should they give the أَذَان? And should they give the إِقَامَة? Yes, they should. وكذلك بعرفة and this is how it is done at Arafah. wajamrin, meaning at Muzdalifah, meaning where people are gathered. So at Hajj, basically, at Arafah, at Muzdalifah, what is done? People are not staying in Minah, they're traveling. But still, what is done? What is done? Adhan, as well as Iqama. Like, for example, at Muzdalifah, when the night is spent, you perform the prayers, right? Maghrib and then in the morning Fajr. So for all of these prayers, what is done? Adhan and Iqama How is this different from the other rites of hajj? Because this is safar How many of you have been for hajj? So when you go from Arafah You stay in Muzdalifah This is safar, right? It's a journey Is it clear? Because Mina you're staying for three days Arafah You go for the day And then at night As soon as Maghrib comes in You leave Arafah and you go to Muzdalifah So it is safar So you understand So at safar we see, at hajj, what's happening? Adhan is being said, Iqama is being said. So likewise, at other journeys also, whether it is for religious purpose or any other purpose, when a group of people are traveling, they should not be praying individually. How should they pray? Together. And before they pray together, what should they do? Adhan and Iqama. We see that many times when people are together, they will say the Iqama, But they will not say the adhan. But what do we see? أَذَان should also be said. وَقَوْلِ الْمُؤَذِّنِ And also the matter of the Muaddin saying الصَّلَاتُ Prayer in your homes. when فِي الليلة الباردة, In a cold night, أو المطيرة, or a rainy night. So when people are at home or while they're traveling and let's say the night is extremely cold, there's cold wind or it's very rainy then should those people gather together and give the adhan, give the iqamah and pray in jama'a, Or can it be said that people pray in your tents? Because in the journey, what will be the home of the people? The tent. Okay, and remember that the tents, obviously people are spending their night, how big will they be? Very small. A jama'a cannot be established. A jama'a would be established where? Out in the open. But if it's extremely windy, chilly, and rainy, then during the safar, can the mu'addin say, Yes. So basically, two things are being discussed over here. First of all, that during Safar, Adhan Iqamah, is it necessary? And secondly, during Safar, Adhan is said, but because of severe weather conditions, can the people pray separately in their homes? Yes, they can. حدثنا Muslim ibn Ibrahim, qala حدثنا shu'batu an al Muhajiri abil Hassani an بن ibn Wahbin an Abi قاله said كنا مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في سفر. He said we were in a journey with the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. فأراد الْمُؤَذِّنُ so the mu'adzin intended and يؤذن that he should give the adhan. فقال له So the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said to him ابرد. Wait until it is cooler. ثم أَرَادَ أَن يؤذن فقال له ابرد. A third time it happened that the mu'adzin wanted to give the adhan but the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم told him wait. حتى ساوى ظلّه until the shadows, they became equal. At-tulula, At-Tulul, meaning hills. Okay, small hills. So he said, until the shadows became equal to the hills. Meaning, the hill and the shadow was equal in length. You understand? So basically, the shadow was equal to the height of the object. The shadow of the object was equal to? The height of the object. So until that time, the Prophet ﷺ delayed. فَقَالَ Alaihi Wasallam and then he said إن شدة الحر من فيح جهنم Intense is from the blast of Jahannam. Therefore, don't call people to pray at this time when it's difficult for them. Wait until it is cooler. So anyway, what do we see here? That while traveling, the adhan was said. Not just Jama, not just Iqama, but also adhan was said. حدثنا محمد بن يوسف قال حدثنا سفيان عن خالد الحذائي عن أبي قلابة عن مالك بن الحويرث قاله رجلان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم two men came to the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, يريداني, they both intended a safara, the travel meaning both of them were about to travel somewhere so they came to see him فقال النبي so he said to them when both of you have left فأذنا then give the adhan thumma aqima then give the iqama then he should be the imam who أكبروكما. the older one of you two again older one why because both were perhaps equal in their knowledge so we see that even when there are two people traveling together the prophet sallallahu said adhan iqama should be done so at home if there's jamaah being if men are performing salah in Jama'ah, then should they give the adhan also? No harm. Why not? Last week, when we learned the hadith about the person who gives the adhan, he gets 60 hasanat. And 30 for who? For the one who gives the Iqama. So I told this to my husband and my son, and Alhamdulillah, every other day at least there is adhan and iqamah. And it's a good feeling because when you realize that inshaAllah shaitan has gone away even for those few minutes, that's a blessing. And alhamdulillah, the sound of adhan, live adhan, being heard in your house is a blessing also. So when two people were traveling, the Prophet Wasallam told them, give adhan and Iqama and pray with jama'ah. Right? So this is a sunnah that we need to revive. Because adhan is meant to be for the prayer that is going to be performed. So the recording is not going to be the same. It's better if somebody says it live. So if there's a recording that plays, then your son wants to give the adhan. No harm. حدثنا محمد بن المثنى قال حدثنا عبد الوهاب قال حدثنا أيوب عن أبي قلابة قال حدثنا مالك أتينا إلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مالك said that we came to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم ونحن شببت and we were a group of young men متقاربون who were about equal in their age. فأقمنا عنده so we stayed with him عشرين يوم وليلة For 20 days and nights وكان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم And he was رحيما رفيقا Very merciful and kind فلما ظن When he thought Anna That indeed we Meaning he knew That قد in fact Ishtahaina We desired أهلنا Our families Meaning we were missing them أو قد اشتقنا, Or that we had شوق towards them Meaning we wanted to be with them We wanted to go home سألنا, he asked us, Amman, about who Tarakna we left, Ba'dana after us. Meaning, he asked us about our families. Who did you leave behind? You have children, you have a wife, you have your parents. Who did you leave behind? He asked us about our families. The Prophet took interest in people. فأخبرناه, so we told him, قال, He said, Irji'u return ila ahliqum to your families. You've stayed enough time, you're missing your families And the thing is that when a person's heart is distracted right, Then you can't focus When you're continuously missing your family Then it's very difficult to do your work This doesn't mean that just because a person is missing their family They should leave everything and just stay with their family There are certain things, certain causes For which a person has to make a sacrifice And we see that there were people who made the sacrifice At the time of the Prophet ﷺ also Take the example of Abu Hurairah. He left everybody. And he was of the Ashab al suffah Not just him, but so many other companions. And because of that great sacrifice, the level that they reached, others could not reach. And we see that people are also of different capacities. Some people, they miss their families a lot. They cannot survive without their spouse or their children or their parents or their siblings. right? And other people have a greater capacity. So, If a person sees that they have that weakness and despite trying they're not able to concentrate at all on their work, then what should be done? That a person is doing his work half-heartedly, half the time he's crying. Can't do your studies, can't do anything and crying all the time. No, then in that situation, a person should do whatever is within his capacity. But remember, just the thought of missing your family should not prevent you from doing what is important. Because we sacrifice for the sake of this world a lot. And for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also, sacrifice has to be made. In Surah Tawbah, what do we learn? قُلْ إِنْ كَانَ wa azwajukum hmm? وَأَزْوَاجِكُمْ ashiratukum So much. أَحَبَّ إِلَيْكُمْ مِنَ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ وَجِهَادٍ فِي سَبِيلِهِ This is a kind of jihad also, right? Giving up your family in order to go and learn the religion that when a person sacrifices and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also compensates him with what is better so it's difficult you have to separate from your family in order to learn in order to get something bigger it's it's a big challenge and especially as women it can be very difficult parting from your children because women are more you know emotional so it's more difficult but remember that the greater the difficulty inshallah the greater the reward So the Prophet ﷺ asked those men about their families and when he saw that they were missing their families a lot, he said, Okay, ارجعوا إلى أهلكم فأقيموا فيهم Then stay in them وعلموهم ومروهم And teach them and also instruct them. Meaning whatever you have learned, make sure you pass it on and tell them what they should do and what they should avoid. أشياء, and he mentioned certain things, أحفظها, Which I memorized, أحفظها, Or I cannot remember. Meaning some things I remember and others I don't. And he also said, وَصَلُّوا kama raaytumuni أُصَلِّي And pray as you see me praying. Pray in this manner. The way that you see me performing the salah. فَإِذَا الصلاة, Then when the time of prayer enters, Ahadukum, Then one of you should give the adhan. أمكم, and one of you should be the imam, who akbarukum, the eldest of you. Why? Because the level of knowledge of all these men was the same. حدثنا مسدد قال أخبرنا Yahya عن عبيد الله بن عمر قال حدثني نافع قال ibn عمر ibn Umar he gave the adhan في ليلة Baridatin in a cold night بضجنان, at dajnan dajnan is a mountain close to Makkah. So over there he gave the adhan, and this was a night that was very cold. ثُمَّ Then he said, صَلُّوا فِي رِحَالِكُمْ Perform your prayer where? In your homes. Now remember that because this mountain was near Mecca, they were not inside Mecca. They were not in Medina. Where were they? On a journey. They were traveling. Okay, they had just camped over there. Cold night, Ibn Umar رضي gave the adhan. But he saw that it would be difficult for the people to come out and stand together and perform the prayer. What did he say? صلوا fi رحالكم فأخبرنا And then he informed us أن the الله صلى الله عليه وسلم that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu الله عليه وسلم كان يأمر مؤذنًا. He would order the Mu'addin that you أذن you should give the adhan. ثم يقول على إثره Then he would say after him ألا صلوا في الرحال. Meaning he would tell the Muaddin to say after the adhan. صلوا في Perform your prayer in your homes When was this? Every night? Every day? No في الليلة In a cold night أو المطيرتي Or a rainy night Even في Even when traveling So so far what have we learned? During travel أذان all right And even if the weather is severe Then people can pray individually also where? In their homes. And what are their homes while traveling? Their tents. Haddathna Ishaq qala akbarna ja'far ibn aun, qala haddathna abu al-umais an aoun ibni abi juhaifata an abihi qala he said, Raytu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa wasallam bil abtah. He said, I saw the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam at abtah, fa ja'ahu bilalun. Then Bilal came to him, Fa fa'adhanahu bil salah. And then he gave the adhan for the salah. Then Bilal came out with the Anaza. What is the Anaza? A short spear. Which he stuck upright before the Messenger of Allah, meaning where he was going to stand and lead. And this was at Abtah, and then he performed the Salah. So in this hadith, also, what do we say? During the journey. Athan was, Athan was pronounced. Bab, هل يتتبع المؤذن? هل يتتبع المؤذن? Should the muazzin do tatabbu' How? Fahu with his mouth. Hahuna here وها and there. Should the muazzin do during the adhan with his mouth on this side and on that side? What is tatabbu' Succession. Right, to follow one after the other. So basically during the adhan, when the mu'adhan is saying certain words, like for example, al salah al-Falah, Should he just pronounce them while he is looking straight? Or should he turn towards his right and turn towards his left? Have you seen that ever? Okay. adhan, And should he turn his head during the adhan? Meaning while he's giving the adhan in order to say it towards the right, he might have to move his head. And in order to call towards the left, he might have to turn his head. Obviously. right? So can he do that? Is this mashroor? Is this something that is proven by the texts? Yes, it is. Now, the first thing is that when the mu'adlin is giving the adhan, he is standing straight. And obviously it's understandable when he has to raise his voice, his head will be slightly elevated. Why? So that the voice can spread far and wide. Now the question is, first of all, does he have to face the qibla when giving the adhan? We learned earlier that the muadhin has to stand, but when there is a need, he can even sit down. Alright? Now, does he have to face the qibla? Hmm? It is better, but it is not necessary. The purpose of the adhan is that people should be able to hear the muadhin. Now, if the masjid is closed, let's say there is no Roof. There is no minaret. And there is no microphone. And if the mu'addin goes into the masjid, faces the qibla, so basically he's facing the wall, and if he gives the adhan facing the qibla, how far will his voice go? It won't. It won't, right? So in this case, if his back is towards the qibla, is that okay? Yes. You understand? Remember that the adhan is different from salah. For salah, have to face the qibla. You have to have wudu. Alright? There is a particular procedure, a particular method. But the adhan, even though there are some matters concerning it which are very strict, but we see that with regards to other matters, there is freedom in the sense that a person has the option. Either sit or stand. Right? Likewise, either face the qibla or you don't, depending on what is easier. Now, Let's say he is facing the Qibla, he's giving the adhan. Is he allowed to turn towards the right and say certain words and then turn towards the left? Yes. In fact, Bilal ul Dilawu the of the Prophet he used to do that. So when he did that, then it is necessary that the other people also do it. But if there is a means of getting the voice far without turning right or left, like for example with a microphone, then it is necessary? What's the objective of turning to the right and left? More people can hear. But if with the microphone, the same purpose is being achieved, then, I mean, again, it's not mandatory, mandatory. But we see that because Bilal who did it, so many companions did it, and this has always been the way. What's the difficulty in turning towards the right and the left? There is no harm. Okay? So it's better to do that. Now, there are two opinions concerning... Making the call to the right and to the left What is it that you have to say? What is it that the Mu'addin will say towards the right And what is it that he will say towards the left? Remember that allahu allahu akbar, la ilaha illallah, Muhammad Allah. All of these the Mu'addin will say while While being straight But when it comes to hayya ala salah, hayya ala falah, Then he has to turn right and left Now with regards to this There are two opinions one is that the Mu'addin will say Hayyah ala salah towards his right once. And then he will say Hayyah ala salah towards his left once. So you understand? Hayyah ala salah once to the right, Hayyah ala al-Falah once to the left. Then after saying Hayyah ala salah two times, then what's next? Hayyah ala al-Falah, how many times does he have to say that? Twice. So again, what will he do? Once to the right and once to the left. Haya al salah right, Haya al salah left. Haya al falah right, Haya al falah left. And the other opinion is that the muaddin should say Haya al salah to his right twice, and then he will turn towards the left and say Haya al falah twice. So the first opinion is that he has to go. Right, left, right, left. The other opinion is that he will say, he will just go right and left. Is there any change in the words of the adhan? No, the words are the same. Okay, the words are the same. The number of times that those words are being said, that is also the same. So these are the two opinions. وَيُذْكَرُ And it has been mentioned عَنْ بِلَالٍ From Bilal Nahu That indeed he Ja'ala He put إِصْبَعِهِ his two fingers were fi in his ears, meaning when he gave the adhan, Bilal would put his fingers in his ears, like you might have seen that the adhan sometimes, puts his finger inside the ear and the rest of the hand is as though resting on the ear. So Bilal did that. Wa Ibn and Ibn Umar la fi He would not put his fingers in his ears. Meaning he wouldn't put his hands on his ears, he would just say the adhan as he was standing. So the difference over here, what does that show? Both are permissible. Why do you think Bilaludhila who put his fingers in his ears? Why? The thing is that when you are able to put pressure on your ears, okay, and also close them, then you're able to pronounce even louder. You're, You're able to say out even louder. You're able to raise your voice. But some people, they don't get affected by that they have a louder voice naturally they don't have to put any pressure they don't have to hold their head some qurra also reciters of quran when they're reciting what do they do they put their hand on their ear because they find it easier to recite out loud like that but again it's left to the person whatever he finds easy he can do it it's not like salah in salah you have to raise your hand so but in adhan you don't have to put your hand on your ear it's your choice. You do it, good. If you don't do it, no harm. وَقَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمِ And Ibrahim said, لَا بَأْسَ There is no harm and يُؤَذِّنَ That he gives the أَذَان عَلَى غَيْرِ وُضُوء Without wudu. Can salah be said without wudu? No. But أَذَان, can that be said without wudu? Yes. So for example, a person is in the masjid, the time for prayer enters, he has to go make wudu, but he says, let me just give the أَذَان. Because it's my duty to give the adhan. Everybody's waiting for it. And if I go to wudu and spend 10 minutes in the washroom, people will be wondering what's happening. So he gives the adhan and then he goes and performs his wudu. Absolutely no harm. لا بأس أن ala على غير wudu. وقال عطاء and عطاء said الوضوء وضوء is haqqun right with sunnah and it is also a sunnah. Meaning it's better to give the adhan in the state of wudu. And obviously it's always going to be better to do any act of worship in the state of wudu. But we know from the Qur'an that wudu is mandatory for which act of worship? Salah only. Because in the Qur'an, wudu was revealed in the context of which ibadah? Salah. إِذَا قُمْتُمْ إِلَى الصَّلَاتِ Right? When you have to perform salah, then do wudu. So before the salah, for the adhan, is it necessary to have wudu? No, it is not. And based on this, we see that if there is a child who wants to give the adhan, then there is no harm in that. A child can also give the adhan. Because a person might say that, well, they don't know about wudu. Or how do you know they've performed wudu properly? That's it. There's children who are two years old and they know the adhan. Three years old and they know the adhan. Sometimes they're very young. They don't know about wudu, but they know the adhan. They've memorized it. So if, let's say, the child is confident enough to go and give the adhan in front of everybody, should you let him? Yes, no harm. Even a child can give the adhan. Okay, remember that for the mu'adzin, bulugh is not a condition. Meaning it is not necessary that the mu'adzin be baligh. You understand? It is not necessary that the mu'adzin be baligh. A child can also give the adhan. عائشة, and Aisha said, The messenger of Allah used to do dhikr of Allah in all of his states. Meaning even when he was in the state of Janaba, he would do dhikr of Allah. So based on this, the scholar said that even if a person is in the state of Janaba, there is no harm if he gives the adhan. Some scholars said that. But we see that definitely it's better that a person is in the state of to give the adhan. However, remember it is not, it is not mandatory. حدثنا محمد بن يوسف قال حدثنا سفيان عن عون بن أبي جحيفة عن أبيه أنه رأى بلالا he saw Bilal يؤذنو he was giving the adhan فجعلتو so the narrator said that I began أتتبعو I was following Fahu his mouth I was following his mouth, meaning I was watching him. Turn his mouth, turn his face, hahuna wa Here and here. Meaning to the right and to the left. Bil adhani while giving the adhan. So he said that I saw Bilal anhu giving the adhan and he was turning to the right and also to the left. So this is the evidence. So in this bab, several topics have been covered. First of all, about the issue of turning to the right and left. Secondly, about the fingers and ears. Thirdly, about wudu. Bab Rajuli fatatna A man saying, "We have missed the prayer." Can the word fault be used for salah? Fault means what? Gone, finished, dead. So let's say a person misses their prayer. Can they say the word fault? I've missed my prayer. Fatatna You see, you might say, "Yeah, of course. Why not?" But there were scholars who discouraged using certain words for prayer, for the recitation of the Qur'an, for knowing the Qur'an. Why? Because it showed disrespect. Like for example, they said, if a person has forgotten a part of the Qur'an, he should not say, I have forgotten it. He should say, I have been made to forget it. You understand? Meaning it was taken away from me. Because when he says, I forgot it, it kind of shows that he doesn't care. Okay, and the thing is that he should care. But when he says, I was made to forget, then it shows a kind of regret and also the fact that Allah took that away from him. So, this is the reason why you will find, you know, these discussions also. Like, for example, another discussion is that, another debate you can say amongst the scholars is that, can a person say, I am a believer? Like, for example, if somebody asks you, are you a believer? Can you say, yes, I am? Or should you say, yes, insha'Allah? Some said, you should not say, yes, I am. Because only Allah knows if your iman is acceptable or not. So this is why they said, you should say, yes, insha'Allah. I am, Allah knows. You understand? Because the ulama were very particular about the correct terminology, the correct words. Because with the... Misuse of words We see that many deviations Occurred This is why there's a lot of emphasis On terminology On correct words And you might say what's the big deal But when you go into the fine details of aqidah Then it kind of becomes a big deal And this is just to preserve the correct aqidah And this teaches us That whatever we say We should be very careful about it So bab qawl al rajuli fathatna so some scholars, they discouraged it, saying that we missed the prayer. habnu hmm? Sirin. So for example, Ibn Sirin, he disliked أن that a person should say fatatna We missed the prayer. We didn't pray the salah. We left it. He said, don't say that. Because if a person misses the prayer, hopefully there was a genuine reason behind that. Right? But when you say, I missed it. I didn't pray it. Then it shows as if you don't care about the prayer. وَلَكِنْ لَمْ نُدْرِكْ He said rather a person should say لَمْ نُدْرِكْ We did not catch the prayer. He should say لَمْ نُدْرِكْ صلى الله and Bukhari argues but the statement of the Prophet وسلم, it is asah it is more correct meaning it should be followed. And what is the statement of the Prophet Let's find out. حدثنا أبو نعيم قال حدثنا شيبان عن يحيا عن عبد الله بن أبي قتادة عن أبيه قال بينما نحن صلى الله عليه وسلم إذ سمع جلبة once we were praying with the prophet when he heard jalabata Jalaba is basically the sound of movement so for example if a person is moving hurriedly then is there any noise that is produced by that yes like for example if a person is running or walking quickly, is there any noise that is heard? Yes. So the Prophet ﷺ heard this jalaba, this noise of people rushing. Jalaba rijalin when he completed the prayer, qala he said, ما شأنكم? What is wrong with you? What was happening? Why did I hear this noise? Qalu they said, استعجلنا إلى الصلاة. We came rushing to the prayer. Qala he said, فلا تفعلوا. And don't do that. Meaning, don't come to the prayer rushing, making noise, hurriedly, because you might get hurt, you might bump into somebody else, right? So, فَلَا تَفْعَلُوا إِذَا أَتَيْتُمُ الصَّلَاةُ When you come to the prayer, فَعَلَيْكُمْ بِالسَّكِينَةِ Then you must have سَكِينَة. Meaning, you must come with tranquility, peacefully. Come while you're calm. فَمَا أَدْرَكْتُمْ Then whatever you find, فَصَلّوا Then pray. وَمَا فَاتَكُمْ And whatever you miss, فَأَتِمُّ Then complete. Meaning complete afterwards. So Imam Bukhari is saying that the Prophet وسلم used the word فَات. So if he used it, then we can also use it. So this is why he said, that وَقَوْلُ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ أَصَحْ It is more correct. Meaning, it should be followed. But, what do we understand from this in general? That whatever a person says, I mean, obviously, إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ binniyat That will be according to what his intention was. So when we are hearing somebody saying something, we should always give them the benefit of the doubt. That perhaps this is not what they meant, instead what they meant was this. Okay, like for example, if somebody says, I missed the prayer, give them the benefit of the doubt that there was a genuine reason, inshallah and they didn't intend to miss it. It happened by accident. And they're not boasting about that. They're just informing you of it. Because إِنَّمَا bin niyat, It's the intention. And secondly, we learn from this that, that whatever words we use, wherever we are, we should be careful about them so that there is no room for misunderstanding. Okay, in the Quran, what does Allah say? Qulu So, in certain contexts, if you say something, it's not going to be misunderstood. But if in other contexts, in front of certain other people, if you say certain words, they might misunderstand. Alright? And that might create a fitna. There's no harm. But if you feel that when somebody is saying, I missed the prayer, they're saying it as if they don't care, then there's no harm in advising them. In fact, it should be. بَابْ لَا يَسْعَى إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ He should not run to the prayer. وَالْيَأْتِ بِالسَّكِينَةِ وَالْوَقَارِ And he should come with tranquility and dignity. Meaning when he comes to the prayer. أمام Bukhari says لَا يَسْعَى إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ He should not do سَعِي to the prayer. In Surah al Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِذَا نُودِيَ لِلصَّلَاةِ مِن يَوْمِ الْجُ Allah tells us that when you hear the Adhan for Salatul Jumu'ah then what should you do? Fas'aw then run hasten rush towards what? The Dhikr of Allah and here Imam Bukhari says La yasa'i ila a person should not rush to prayer is this a contradiction? Basically the word is the same Sa'i but the context is different and this is why the meaning will be different when it comes to the ayah where going to Salah is mentioned. فَسْعُوا إِلَىٰ ذِكْرِ الله means leave immediately. Leave immediately. You hear the Adhan, now the khutbah is going to begin, don't delay anymore. How much will you delay? The khutbah is about to start. The best is that you're there even before the Adhan. Right? You couldn't make it for that. Now you've heard the Adhan, now leave everything and leave immediately. It doesn't mean that you should be running, but that Leave what you're doing and go immediately. Alright? And the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ in which we learned the prohibition of running to the prayer, that is in the manner of going to the prayer. That manner should not be hasty, meaning a person should not be running. Rather he should walk with Sakina and Wakal. So is it clear? What is Sakina and what is waqar? Sakinah is in the heart and waqar is is upon the limbs. Sakina is the tranquility, the peace which is in the heart, the result of which will be that a person's limbs will become calm. If your heart is calm, then your body will be calm. But if you're panicking inside, then you're panicking outside. You're rushing outside. If you're being impatient inside, you're rushing outside. So sakina in the heart and waqar in the manner of walking on the limbs and he said ما أدركتم فصلوا. Imam Bukhari gives us evidence, the statement of the Prophet وسلم, that whatever you find, whatever you catch of the prayer, فصلوا then perform that. وما فاتكم and whatever you miss، فأتموا then complete it later. قاله أبو qatada عن صلى الله عليه وسلم. Basically over here, Imam Bukhari is giving this as a reason for coming with وقار and Sakina. that even though the salah has started. And you know that if you're walking calmly towards the masjid, you might miss the Fatiha. The imam may go in rukur. But still, how should you walk? Fast pace, but not running. That your one shoe is going there and your other shoe is going there and you're slipping and bumping into people. No, go calmly. You can do things speedily, but speed does not necessarily mean rush and panic. Everybody's getting disturbed. And the thing is that a person might end up hurting himself. Okay? And why should he not rush like this? Because of the reasons that we discussed and also because if he misses some part of the prayer, then the instruction of the Prophet is clear. And what is that? Whatever you find with the Imam, go and pray that. And whatever you've missed, no harm. Make it up after. So let's say you've missed one rak'ah. Doesn't matter. Join him in the second one. Join him in the sajda, the Imam. And then after the Imam says the salam, then you get a fan, complete whatever that you have حَدَّثْنَا آدم قال حَدَّثْنَا ابن ذِئْبٍ قال حَدَّثْنَا الزُّهْرِيُّ عن سعيد ابْنِ الْمُسَيَّبِ عن أبي هُرَيْرَةَ عن صَلَى الله عليه وسلم الزهري عن أبي سلامة عن أبي الريرةة عن النبي صل الله hear the iqama, then walk to the prayer meaning then don't delay more. You heard the Adhan. You kept doing what you were doing. You didn't stop. Now you've heard the iqama, And you better stop and go towards the Salah. وَعَلَيْكُمْ بِالسَّكِينَةِ And you must have tranquility and dignity in the way that you walk. وَلَا And do not hurry. فَمَا أَدْرَكْتُمْ Whatever you find, fasallu Then pray. Whatever you catch, then pray that. وَمَا فَاتَكُمْ And whatever you miss, فَأَتِمُّوا Then just complete that afterwards. Now, what does this hadith show? First of all, it shows that the iqama, when it is pronounced, it should be said out loud so that it can be heard outside the masjid also. Obviously, this will be in places where it is possible. Like for example, over here. Obviously, it's understandable. But... Um, in other places where let's say the adhan is pronounced on a microphone and the speakers are loud enough that the whole area around the masjid people can hear the adhan, then the iqamah should also be given in the same way. It should also be said on the microphone. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ said, إِذَا سَمِّعْتُمُ الْإِقَامَةِ When you hear the iqama, who is he talking to? People who are outside the masjid. Okay, because he's telling them, فَمْشُبْ Then walk to salah. That is obviously from where? Outside the masjid. So just as the adhan is loud, the iqamah should also be loud. Which is why you may have seen that in the haram, for instance, the adhan, iqama, both are loud on the microphone. Then secondly, we see here that uh, a person must walk with dignity towards the prayer. And thirdly, we see that a person must join the imam wherever the imam is in the prayer. So even if the imam is in sajdah, where should you join the imam? In sajda. Because some people, what they start doing is that they perform their whole rakah and then they catch up with the imam. But this is not correct. You have to join the imam exactly where he is. In qiyam, in rukur, in sajda, wherever. Sometimes what people do is they say, oh, it's the last rakah, tashahud anyway, so what's the point? I have to say my whole salah myself. No, still join. Make up afterwards whatever you've missed. Then what are you going to do? You're going to stand and wait? Or are you going to start your own prayer when the Jamara is being conducted? So what should you do? Join the imam wherever he is and whatever you have missed, one rakar, two, three, whatever. When should you make it up? Afterwards. Faatimu Bab مَتَى يَقُومُ النَّاسُ إِذَا رَأَوُوا الْإِمَامَ عِنْدَ الإقامة? Mata, when الناس, so the people should stand. When should the people stand إِذَا رَأَوُوا imam When they see the Imam ikama During the iqamah. Meaning, the Mu'addin gave the Adhan. Then after some time he gave the iqamah. Now, the people also saw the Imam. The Imam is here. Iqamah is being said. When should the people stand up for the prayer? Hmm? When should they stand up for the prayer? Because some people said, That wait until the iqamah is finished. Others said, you should be standing before the iqamah. Others said that as soon as the iqamah, the mu'adhan, he starts saying, Allah, get up instantly. So what's the right way? When are you required to stand up for the prayer? Basically, when do you get up to form the rose? حدثنا مسلم بن ابراهيم قال حدثنا هشام قال كتب الي يحيى عن عبد الله بن ابي قَتَادَةَ عن ابيه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم اذا اقيمت الصَّلَاةُ when the salah is اقيمت what does that mean is said then do not stand تروني, until you see me so basically we see that first of all, iqama should be given when the imam has come. So, for instance, over here we see that Bilal anhu must have given the iqama when he found out that the Prophet was present. And it happened that when somebody is coming, you find out, you no, know, by their voice or by the opening of the door. And the Prophet ﷺ's house was connected with the masjid, right? So as soon as he would come, Bilal anhu would find out, right? So he sensed that the Prophet ﷺ was there, he gave the iqamah, and the Prophet ﷺ said to the people that when you see me, that I am here, then stand up for the prayer. So basically, when should people form their rows? When the imam has come. You understand? When the imam has come, when they have seen the imam. It doesn't mean every person has to see the imam. Because if there's thousands of people, it's not possible for them all to see the imam. Seeing the imam means what? You know that he's there. Why is it necessary to form the roles when the imam has entered? Why not before that? That it will be very awkward for the imam. It might take him a little while to come. And it happens with people who are in such a position that one person stops them, another stops them. Or that they have something urgent to take care of. And then what happens if people are standing, looking at the clock, looking at the door, where is the Imam Sahib? Then the Imam feels awkward. It is disrespect for him. Alright? It shows impatience on the part of people. And the thing is that it might take a while for the Imam to come. So why are you standing and getting tired? Take it easy on yourself. Keep sitting. Keep doing the dhikr, whatever you are doing. And once the imam comes in, you see him, then everybody stand up for prayer. It's only logical. And then thirdly also, we see that if everybody is standing from before, and then the imam walks in. First of all, it's awkward for the imam. Secondly, it also shows kind of that people are standing for the imam. And that is not the case. You're not standing for the imam. Imam is just leading you in prayer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're all standing for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Basically, the person who has to give the iqama, he will give the iqamah when the imam has come. Alright? And when he is giving the iqama, then the people should stand up. How much time should there be between adhan and iqamah? We learned earlier. How much? Rak'atain. And it depends on the salah also. Like for example, Zuhir, you don't need time to just pray two rakah. you need more time to perform your sunnah. Bab, la yas'ah ila salati musta'jilan. La يسعى he should not rush ila salat to the prayer. Musta'jilan. What does musta'jilan mean? In a hurried way, hurriedly. So basically, earlier we learned that when the salah is being performed, people should not rush and run in order to join that. Here what is being mentioned is that when the iqamah is said and people are getting up to form the rose then they should not get up panicking relax calm down لا يسعى إلى الصلاة مستعجلا بالسكينة والوقار but he should stand with tranquility and dignity so whether it is going to the masjid, going to join the prayer, or it is rising up to form the rose, anything, what is necessary? Sakina, calmness. And we see that even in the battlefield, what is mentioned? That the people must engage in the dhikr of Allah. They should refrain from fighting, from arguing amongst themselves, from raising voices against one another. And they should not be like those who left their homes, batara In pride. So this is something that should be avoided. So we see that in our religion, what is a very important value you can say? Adopting calmness and peace and tranquility, especially when people are together. Whether it is in the battlefield, or it is when standing together to pray or it is going to prayer or it is standing up for prayer, during the khutbah, silence, discipline is so important. Just the other day somebody was mentioning to me that for their school project they had to go visit different worship places. So they also went to the church to observe the their Sunday service. So she said that, The people are so patient, so disciplined, so organized, that what happens is, that the first row gets up, everybody's sitting. They get up, they all go to get their bread and wine. And when they come back, they sit down, then the next row stands up, and then they go get their wine and bread, they return, they sit down. Once they sit, then the third row will get up. And I was thinking if, Something like this were to happen amongst the Muslims in an event, you know, the first row gets up before even they return, people in the second row are already on their way, perhaps. Right? We don't have that kind of patience. And we see that this is the kind of patience that we are being taught. It's necessary. سباب so, لا يسعى إلى الصلاة مستعجلاً وليقم بالسكينة والوقار. حدثنا أبو نعيم قال حدثنا شيبان عن يحيى عن عبد الله بن أبي قتادة عن أبيه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا أقيمت فلا تقوم حتى تروني. When the prayer is established, meaning is given, then do not stand up until you see me. Bis بالسكينة. And upon you is Sakina. Because the thing is that. The one who gives the iqama might be mistaken. Even he might think that the imam has entered. He gives the iqama, and then he realizes, oh, the imam is not here. So what should the people do? Wait for the imam to come. Once he enters, then they should stand up. Tabaroo Ali al Mubarak. Bab, هل يخرج من المسجد لعله? Can a person leave the masjid for a good reason? Because we learned that after the adhan. And after the iqamah, then a person, meaning once a person has heard that, he should not leave the masjid. And remember that this is especially with regards to men, because praying in jamaah is an obligation for the men. But for women, it is not necessary, because praying in Jamara is not an obligation for the women. So for instance, it may happen with you, that certain times of the year, as you are leaving the school, to go pick up your children, at the same time the adhan is being pronounced. So can you leave? Because technically you've heard the adhan So you should stay to pray If it were a man, not allowed Why? Because praying in congregation is Necessary for him But in the case of a woman She may leave Because praying in jama'ah is not an Obligation for her But if she stays, good for her Bab hali min al masjid li'illah Okay, so What about a man then? Can he leave for a good reason? Like a genuine reason. These days, I mean, in the masjid, you also have your washrooms. But let's say you go to Makkah in the haram. You have to leave the doors of the masjid. You have to go out and then perform wudu. Then use the washroom and do wudu. So if the adhan, you heard it. Qama, you heard it. Now you lost your wudu. Can you leave the masjid or do you have to stay until the salah is over and then you go? If you do that, you'll miss the prayer. So can you go with the intention of coming back? Yes you can So if a person leaves With the intention of coming back It is permissible Rather where is the prohibition anyway There is a hadith in Muslim Abu Dawood In which we learned that Abu Huraira Once he saw a man Leaving the masjid after The adhan had been pronounced So Abu Huraira Said Amma hadha Abū al-Qāsim." For this person, he has disobeyed Abu Qasim, meaning he has disobeyed Muhammad. He should not have left the masjid after hearing the adhan. In another hadith in Darimi, we learned that a man came to meet Saeed ibn Musayyib. And Saeed told him to remain in the masjid until the prayer. Because obviously it was time for prayer, the adhan must have been set. So said. So Saeed ibn Musayyib told that man, stay in the masjid, perform the prayer, and then leave. And he said that. Because the Messenger of Allah said that none will leave the masjid after the adhan except a hypocrite. Except who? A munafiq or a man whom some need brings out and he intends to return to the masjid. So the Prophet said two people will leave the masjid after the adhan. Either he's a hypocrite, he's not going to pray, or he's a person who is leaving to fulfill some need and he will return. He is leaving with the intention to return. But the man, when he heard this from Sarid bin Musayyab, he said, My friends are waiting for me. I'm supposed to be traveling right now. My friends are waiting for me. If I pray, it will take too long. So I have to go. He insisted and he left. So Saeed bin Musayyab, he remained worried about that man. That this man has disobeyed the Prophet And in the Qur'an, what do we learn? That those who an those who oppose the command of the Prophet they should be afraid that some fitna will befall them. So Sa'id bin Musayyib was worried about that man until he was informed that that man fell from his camel and broke his thigh bone. So it's a serious matter. Disobeying the Prophet is a very serious matter. So in the case of men, when they hear the adhan, then no matter how inconvenient it is, they must stay and perform the salah. And if they must leave, let's say, a man did not know that there, it's time for Salah. He leaves his car running outside, quickly comes in to get something, he hears the Adhan. Now can he go outside to at least shut his car off, or park his car? Yes, he can. Or at least tell his family in the car, I heard the Adhan, so I'm just going to go pray and then come. Can he do that? Yes, he can. He can leave and come back to fulfill some need. Haddathina Abdul Aziz ibn Abdullah, <laughs> qara Haddathina Ibrahim ibn Sa'din, عن Salih ibn Kaysan, عن ibn Shihabin, عَنْ أَبِي سَلَمَةَ عَنْ أَبِي هُرَيْرَةَ أَنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمَ خَرَجَ وَقَدْ أُقِيمَتْ الصلاة. The Prophet came out, the salah, the iqama had already been said for the prayer, وَعُدِّلَتْ الصُّفُوفِ And the rose had also been straightened. And when is it that people straighten the rose? When they stand up, and also when the Imam reminds them, Right? When he tells them, straighten your rose. So, this happened. حَتَّى إِذَا قَامَ فِي Until the Prophet stood in his prayer place. in We were waiting. أَن That he would say to takbir. So imagine salah is about to start. People are waiting to hear Allahu Akbar. But what happened? In salafah. The Prophet went. And Qala he said, عَلَى Stay in your places. Meaning don't sit down. Don't go away. Stay exactly where you are. عَلَىٰ So we remained in our places حَتَّىٰ خَرَجَ إِلَيْنَا Until he came out to us from his house And there was water dripping from his head And he just took a bath. So basically when the Prophet ﷺ was about to begin the prayer he remembered that he needed to take a ghusl. Alright? And what did he do? He told the people, remain in your places. He quickly went, took a bath and returned. And he came so quickly that the water was Still dripping from his head. So what do we learn over here? The Prophet left the masjid after the iqamah, after the rose had been straightened. But why did he leave? With the intention of coming back. So this is permissible. Bab, إِذَا قَالَ الْإِمَامُ مَكَانَكُمْ حَتَّى رَجْعَ انتضروه. When the imam says, stay where you are, okay? حَتَّى رَجْعَ until he returns. So people, they remain in their places. Until he returns. In talaruhu, they are waiting for him. So when the imam says, stay where you are, then wait for him until he returns. So what should the people do? Should they stand there waiting for the imam to come back? Or should they say, oh never mind, somebody else has lead the prayer. Or everybody pray on your own. They should wait for the imam. Hmm. Yes, because the imam said, stay in your places, then what should they do? remain standing in their places. They should not disturb the roles. Because if they sit down, then what will happen? The roles will be disturbed. They won't remain the same. What's the evidence of this? حَدَّثْنَا إِسْحَاقُ قَالَ حَدَّثْنَا مُحَمَّدُ بْنُ يُوسِفِ قَالَ حَدَّثْنَا الْأَوْزَاعِيُ عَنِ الزُّهْرِيُ عَنْ أَبِي سَلَمَةَ بْنِ عَبْدِ الرَّحْمَانِ عَنْ أَبِي هُرَيْرَةَ قَالَ He said, Iqama had been pronounced. Fasaw al-nasuṣfūfahum, the people straightened their rows. Fakhraja Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم, he came out. Fataqaddama, and he came forward, meaning to lead the people in prayer. Wa huwa jinub, while he was in the state of janaba, and he remembered that. Thumma qala, when as soon as he remembered, he said, said, 'Ala makanikum, remain in your places.' Faraj'a, faltasala, then he returned. He took a bath. Thumma kharaja, then he came out. Waraṣuhu yqtur mā'an water was dripping from his head and he prayed salah with them now what do we see that between the iqamah and the salah actually beginning a long time passed I mean he went, took a bath and returned but that did not make the iqamah invalid alright the iqamah did not have to be pronounced again and also because he told the people stay in your places remain where you are In other narrations, we learn that the Prophet ﷺ already said the takbir, meaning he had performed, he had begun the prayer also. So both narrations are found that he was about to begin, and in others we learn that he already began. In either case, when the imam realizes that he is not in the state of wudu, then what should he do? Continue the prayer out of fear of people? Hmm? Fear of humiliation in front of people? Who should he have fear of at that time? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? And this is the reason why it doesn't matter whether a person is in public or a person is leading the prayer. When he realizes he doesn't have wudu, he must go and perform wudu. And the rest of the people must have this level of maturity and tolerance that they tolerate this and and they don't make a big issue out of it. When the Prophet said, remain in your places, the companions remain. We don't see that there was a chaos or there was a fuss and people started you know, questioning what happened. No, the Prophet gave the instruction, remain in your places, and they remained. And if this happens even today, in a big gathering, again, it's not a big deal. Just wait, relax. And remember that between adhan, iqama, salat, these are the best times to remember Allah to make dua, so a person should become busy in these things people start looking at the back, turning around wondering what's happening somebody send me this video link of uh, Sheikh Rudayfi hmm? Imam where? in Medina Maghrib Salah he's about to lead or in fact he started and it's being aired live not just in Saudi but all over the world people are watching and as soon as you realize you didn't have wudu watch it Thank Wait a little while. That's a security guard. It's his duty to make sure everything's okay. That's why he turned. But we see that the rest of the people are just standing. And it'll take a while. It'll take a while for him to return. But this whole time, people are standing. And he comes and restarts the prayer. Because uh, obviously... It had just begun So he restarts the prayer But still It's it's a big lesson for us Because he's the Imam, right? So he's leading them If he loses his wudu Then the rest of the people also mean They have to follow him This And because it had just begun So he came back and he restarted the prayer And this is where we learn that Fear Allah more than people The thing is that this is something normal A person being in the state of Janaba Or losing his wudu This is something normal Right? So it's not a big deal if the person standing next to you all of a sudden leaves the prayer. Don't start thinking negatively about them. This is human. <laughs> he came and restarted. <laughs> <laughs> Once a group of people were sitting with the Prophet and one of the men he passed wind. So others started laughing at him. And there's something normal, people do that in their gatherings Little children are bullied And the Prophet ﷺ said, why do you laugh at him over something that you do as well? This is part of being human And really if we become over conscious of people And because of that we don't pray properly Then this is incorrect That can also happen Like the Imam if he has to leave He can also tell the person behind him to lead the people in prayer But since the prayer had just started and he could have easily gone, made wudu in return, and that was better. Bab, قَوْلِ الرَّجُلِ مَا صَلَّيْنَا The statement of a person, meaning the saying of a person, مَا صَلَّيْنَا, we have not prayed. Is a person allowed to say that? I didn't pray my salah. Can a person say that? Now this question came up because if a person says, I have not prayed, it may be understood as, I don't pray, or I have never prayed. And this implies disobedience of a person to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's command. Now remember that there, like we learned earlier also, there are certain matters concerning which the scholar said, it is permissible to say such a statement, and it is not permissible to say such a statement. All right. So this is one of those statements concerning which was a debate. But we see that it is permissible for a person to say something like that, Ma we have not prayed, or I didn't get to pray my salah. As long as his intention is just to inform that I was not able to perform the prayer. Because he does not imply that I don't pray. So again, إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِرْنِيَّاتِ It's according to the intention. حَدَّثَنَا أبو نُعَيْمٍ قَالَ حَدَّثَنَا شَيْبَانَ عَنْ يَحْيَىٰ قَالَ سَمِعْتُ أبا سَلَمَةَ يَقُولُ أَخْبَرَنَا جَابِرُ بْنُ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ أَنَّ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْه وسلم جاءه عمر بن الخطابي والخندقي. Umar bin Khattab رضي الله عنه came to the Prophet صل الله عليه وسلم on the day of Khandaq. فقَالَ يا رسول الله so he said, O Messenger of Allah, والله ما كتُوَنْ أُصَلِّيَ حَتَّى كَادَتِ الشَّمْسُ تَغْرُبُ. By Allah, I was not able to perform my prayer until the sun has, you know, it's it's set. وَذَلِكَ بَعْدَ مَا أَفْطَرَ And this was after a person breaks his fast. So basically, when did he say that? After the sun had set. So in other words, the time of asr had. Ended and the time of Maghrib had begun. فَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ Sallallahu Alayhi عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ وَاللَّهِ مَا صليتها. By Allah, even I have not performed my prayer. Which prayer? Asr prayer. They're talking about Asr. Umar came complaining to the Prophet I I didn't get a chance to pray my Asr, and this was on the day of the Battle of Khandaq. And remember that the trenches were dug, the mushrikeen were on the other side, and the Muslims were constantly guarding the trenches. And the danger was so high, it was so severe, that the people hardly got a chance to even go take rest or take you know, a break for their meal or anything like that. So this was a time when Umar did not get a chance to pray his Asr prayer. And when he came to the Prophet ﷺ asking him, what am I supposed to do now? The Prophet ﷺ said, by Allah, even I didn't get a chance to perform my prayer yet. فنزل النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إلى بطحان وأنا معه. so the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and some of his companions they all went to بطحان where it was safer and when they got there فتوضأ ثم صلى. he performed wudu and then he prayed يعني العصر meaning the Asr prayer بعدما غربت الشمس after the sun had set ثم بعدها المغرب and then after that they prayed Maghrib. so this hadith shows That first of all, it is permissible to say a statement such as that, that I did not get a chance to pray, but the purpose should not be to boast about one's sin. Nor should it be to inform others about you know, one's sin. Like for example, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has concealed your sin from others, then you don't need to publicize that. If you missed a prayer, then you don't need to go on telling the whole world, I missed my prayer. Umar رضي anhu, He said, why? Because he was inquiring as to what he should do. Because he understood that in no circumstances is a person allowed to miss the prayer, deliberately leave the prayer. But this situation was beyond his control. He intended to pray, but he didn't get a chance. So this is why he came to the Prophet ﷺ asking him. And secondly, this hadith shows to us that in the state of extreme fear, in the state of extreme danger, if a person is not able to pray despite effort, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is most aware of the person's condition. And what should the person do? He should perform that prayer as soon as he is able to do so. So we see that in this situation, for instance, Umar radulahu anhu must have tried, but he wasn't able to. But as soon as he was able to, what did he do? And what did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa do? They performed the prayer. But this does not mean that just because a person is out shopping or uh, he's just going on a drive, then because of that reason he delays the prayer. It is not permissible to do that. Like for example, somebody asks you, why are you so sad? And you say, I missed my Salah today. I slept through it. So I have this heavy you know, feeling in my heart. So you know, to express your regret, it's okay. But to say, yeah, I always sleep through my Fajr. That is not correct. Because when a person talks about such sins openly then it promotes sin. You understand? It's an encouragement for other people to do the same. Because your action will become an excuse for the other. Or my mom can do it, this so and so person can do it, so I can do it too. It's not really a big deal. It belittles sins. Bab al Imam Utaribu Lahul Hajatu al Iqama Al Imam the Imam, meaning the one who's going to lead the prayer, ta'aridullahu al-haja. Haja, some need, ta'aridullahu, meaning it is presented to him. Meaning there is some urgent need that he needs to fulfill. ba'da al After the iqama. So the adhan was pronounced. The Imam came to the masjid, and when he was seen, the person gave the iqama. Now the Imam is going to lead the people in prayer, but all of a sudden there is some need of his that he has to fulfill. Can he go and do that? Or does he have to now perform the prayer, lead the people in prayer? It depends on the need. Like for example, if he has to go do wudu, then he must. Then he cannot lead the people in prayer. He has to go. People have to wait. He will go perform wudu and return. Likewise, there could be something else that is urgent and the imam may do that before leading the people in prayer. What's the evidence? حدثنا أبو معمر عبد الله بن عمر قال حدثنا عبد الوارث قال حدثنا عبد العزيز بن صهيب عن أناس قال أقيمت الصلاة. He said that the salah had been Uqimat. What does it mean by Uqimat? That the iqama had been said, had been pronounced. And remember that the iqama is pronounced when, when the imam is seen. وَالنَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ the Prophet ﷺ was privately conversing with a man. Yunaji. Yunaji is from munajat, najwa. And what does that mean? A private conversation in which the two people are talking quietly, whispering to one another. So the Prophet ﷺ was yunaji rajulan, where? janib جانب masjid, in the corner of the masjid. So on the one side of the masjid, the Prophet ﷺ was talking to a man. فما قام إلى الصلاتي. Then he did not get up for the prayer. حَتَّى al-qawm Until the people fell asleep. What does this mean? That the people were waiting and waiting for the Prophet ﷺ to come. But what was he doing? Talking to that man. And the people were waiting for so long that they fell asleep. Some of them. So what does it show? That there can be a delay between the iqamah and the salah. And this delay can be long also. So long that the people have fallen asleep. There is no need to repeat the iqamah. You understand? If the iqama was pronounced for a particular prayer, then even if 30 minutes have gone by, 15 minutes have gone by, 45 minutes have gone by, no harm. Okay? No harm. Why? Because this is something valid. The Prophet did that. Now what do we see here? The Prophet Wasallam was... Talking to a man Despite the fact that people are waiting for the prayer So what does this show? That after iqamah A person may talk to others But the imam can Imam has that luxury The rest of the people don't Because if the rest of the people start talking amongst themselves And the imam comes and begins the prayer Then what will happen to the rest of the people? They will miss their prayer So only the imam has this allowance And we see that Depending on the situation the imam may also have this conversation for a very long time. And the rest of the people are waiting with adab, with respect. Because you never know, the problem that that man is discussing might be urgent, might be very you know necessary, unavoidable. And perhaps that man thought that this is the only time that I can find with the Prophet ﷺ. So the Prophet ﷺ, with his kindness and mercy, he attended to that man. I was thinking that if such a scene, if such an incident happens today in a masjid, then what would happen? Would the people have patience with the imam? Not at all. Would the people have patience for the salah, waiting all that time for the prayer? Not at all. Because unfortunately, we've lost our values of showing respect to the imam, of waiting patiently, hoping for reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right of thinking that this discussion must be urgent and important because of which this is happening. Bab al-kalam ida uqima tisala, kalam, talking when ida uqima tisala when the iqama has been pronounced. So is it permissible to talk after the iqama? Based on what we have learned so far, yes, because we see that the Prophet ﷺ did that. Yes, the Imam definitely. The rest of the people also may converse as long as they don't miss their prayer. Like, for example, you're standing in the saf and the person standing next to you happens to work with you and they're asking you something about some work that you were working on together. So, can you talk to them? Yes, you can, but only until when? Until when? Until the takbir. Because once the takbir is done, Allahu Akbar, then you must perform the prayer. Because if you continue talking, you're going to miss your prayer. حدثنا عياش بن الوليد قال حدثنا عبد الاعلى قال حدثنا حميد قال سالت ثابتا البناني عن الرجل يتكلم بعد ما تقام الصلاة. He said, I asked about a person talking after the iqama فحدثني عن انس بن مالك so he narrated to me on the authority of Anas bin Malik قال حسد اقامه been pronounced فعرض للنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم رجل a man came to the Prophet for habasahu Sahu Bardama Uqima and he detained him after the iqama had been pronounced, meaning for the purpose of some discussion, something that he had to speak to the Prophet about. And this also shows to us the Husmul khuluq of the Prophet. That how he patiently spoke to that man also. If we have something urgent to do and somebody holds us back in order to speak with us, we show our Impatience that you know we show that we're busy, we gotta go. But look at the patience of the Prophet, how he gave time to the people, he made himself available to them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us the same tawfiq. One question that has been asked repeatedly since we have begun the chapter of adhan and iqama, about women that can the women give adhan? Can women give iqama? We know that women can lead. Other women in prayer, but when it comes to adhan and iqama, then can they do that? Now remember that with regards to this, there is a difference of opinion. And what I'm going to read to you is from the book wilayat al-Mar'a fil Fiqh al-Islami, and also the book on on the four schools of thought, where the different Fiqhi issues are put together from the different schools of thought. That book also mentioned something similar and this is written in islamqa.info. The question is that can women pray in congregation with a woman performing as imam? The answer is it is not prescribed for women to recite the adhan and iqamah as it is for men. If a woman does recite the adhan and iqamah, it may be one of the three following scenarios. One scenario is that she gives the adhan and iqamah for a group of men or for a group of men and women. And this is not prescribed in Islam, and her adhan and iqamah for a group of men do not count, meaning she's not allowed to do that. Okay? Because if this was permissible, Aisha radhullahu Anha would have done it. Right? Or one of the sahabiyat would have done. Correct? Because we see that the sahabiyat, they were at the forefront of anything that women were allowed to do. If it was business, they did it. If it was participating in battle in a way of defending the Prophet ﷺ in the case of extreme need or in the way of uh, attending to the wounded, they did it. They went ahead. So if this was prescribed, they would have certainly done it. But we see that they didn't do it. So that means that we are also not going to do it. The second scenario is that she recites them for a group of women only. That only amongst women, there is a woman who gives the adhan and there is a woman who gives the iqama. And the third scenario is that she recites them for herself when she's alone. Clear? So one is mixed group, the other is only women, and the third is nobody, just herself. So they said it is permissible for her to recite the Adhan for a group of women only, or for herself. So in the, in the second two scenarios, it is permissible. But it is not like the case with men. Still, even though it would be permissible it is not like how men are required to give the adhan and iqama. For men, it is more emphatically required. Whereas for women, if they give the adhan, it is permissible. And if they do not, it is also permissible. If a woman does recite the adhan, she must keep her voice low. Because some women, they like to recite the adhan just because they like the words. Okay, Or for instance, they're teaching their children. Or they're teaching other children. Is there any harm in that? No harm. As long as her voice is low, and she makes it just loud enough for her companions to hear. If a woman says the iqama for herself or for a group of women, they said it is better and closer to what is mustahab. Why? Because there is reward for that. But if she does not do that, then the prayer is still valid. And we see that the women, when they prayed themselves in their homes, they didn't say the iqama, They didn't say the adhan. They considered the adhan of the masjid to be sufficient. So we don't see that the Sahabiya did that. However, because there is no prohibition concerning this matter, this is why some ulama did permit it. So is it clear? Amongst men and women, not allowed at all. Amongst women, permissible, but we see that if the women don't do it, then again, there's no harm in that. Okay? It's not like the case of men. Because when men are praying together, then what do we learn? Adhan iqamah, Jama'a, all of that. But when women are praying together, we see that none of these is a requirement. If they do it, good. If they don't do it, no harm. Obviously, if there's men and women somewhere together, even if there's one man, then he will do the adhan and the iqamah, not the women. So for example, in your house, you have a son, you have a husband. Then it's not like the husband is giving the adhan and the wife is giving the iqamah. No, the husband will do it. You see, even children can give the Adhan. So if there is a boy, even if he's three years old and he's capable of giving the Adhan, then he should do it. Some said she can do it, and others said that it's better to abstain. But if it's for the purpose of encouraging your child, let's say at your house, you want to teach your child how to give the Adhan, so you do it for him, or how to give the iqama, you do it so that he can learn, no harm in that. Meaning, a woman is not prohibited from reciting the words of Adhan and iqama. There is no prohibition. But in the case where the men are present, then obviously the men will do it. When it comes to jama'ah, it is clear that a woman, when she's leading other women in salat, then she will be standing in the same row. She will not be standing in front of the women like the men do. Subhanakallahu wa bihamdik. Nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu alayk. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.